Worship team, if you could please make your way to the stage, please. Worship team, worship team.
Good morning, good morning, New Hope Community Church. If we can make our way back to our seats so we can give our Father honor and praise this morning. Can we give a shout to our Lord this morning? Thank you, Jesus, right? Yeah. For bringing us here and waking us up this morning, right? That's a big, 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 big thank you. So as we get ready to step into what God has for us today, we just got a few reminders. Reminder, we have our youth group every Monday at 6.30. Doors open at 6. 6. Uh, over in the church schoolhouse building upstairs, uh, they check in downstairs. So when you walk through the door, you will see people. They will be waving to you with smiles on their face and ready to have fun with you guys. So youth reminder, 6 o'clock over in the schoolhouse. We also have a men's Bible study, 6.30, 6.30, 6.30 for all men, every single man. Hope you guys come, and I see you there. Uh, it will be Tuesday at 6.30 at the men's home, 818 8th Street, right on the corner here. If you haven't been there, it's right here. Make out this door, make it right. The men's home is right on the right side. We also have our Bible study, Wednesdays at uh, 6.30 inside the green room over in the uh, school house. Uh, this is for everybody. This is to talk about the message that our pastor preaches today. And uh, if you guys have any questions or just want to challenge or whatever, that's what Bible study is for. So 6.30 on Wednesdays. Thursdays, we don't have anything yet. Free day on Thursdays. There's nothing on Thursdays. Friday, we have our young adults. If anybody is a young adult between the ages of 18 and 30, you are allowed to come. Uh, we meet over in the uh, green room inside the schoolhouse. Uh, me and my wife, Taylor, we uh, run that group. So uh, we, we get excited just hanging out with young adults because we don't get to do it much because we got kids. But when we do, we have fun. So we appreciate you guys. So those who are young adults, we hope to see you there. Other than that, can we all rise and can we all stand and get ready to praise our Father this morning? How many of you guys got a big blessing or you guys got something that like you wasn't expecting this week? Right? God did something for you guys, right? Say, can I get an amen for anybody that got a praise or, or, or a blessing this week, right? I'm going to say amen because God is just doing big things in my life and in my family and I'm excited for what he has to do this new year. So Father, as we get ready to step into worship, I ask that you clear our minds and clear our hearts so that we can receive you today, Lord. Father, let us realize we are nothing without you, Father. We are nothing without you, Lord. So, Father, build us up and fill us up with your presence this morning so that we can pour out your spirit and your spirit only. Father, those who are struggling, Lord, allow them to bring distress and their hurts to the cross right now so that they can gain more of you and gain peace in their problems, Lord. Father, build us up as we get ready to step into your presence this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, Christian, if you didn't unmute Evan already, you want to do that for me? His name is Jesus.
Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from. Oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow.
to this next song, let's just take a moment. All those times, let's just remember, let's just make an offering to the Lord. Just remind Him in our own words. Lord, I remember the time you didn't let me down. I remember the times, God. Doesn't matter what I'm facing right now, you're not going to let me down. You didn't do it then, you're not going to do it right now. You're not going to let me down, Lord. You're not going to let us down. You love your children. You're not going to let Stop. 
Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your soul. 
As we continue to service, Lord, I, ask, I put a special protection upon the kids this morning. As they get ready to hear your word and learn your word, Father, uh, give these teachers the strength to preach and teach your word. Father, fill them up with your love and your joy and allow them to understand these kids, Lord. We don't know where they're coming from. We don't know their background, Father, but we know you, Jesus, and we know what you do, Father. So, Father, put your spirit inside these teachers today, Lord. Fill them up with your love to teach these kids, Lord. Father, as we continue to service, clear our minds. Let us come empty so that we can receive today, Father. Let us not come full knowing what everything's going on, Father. Let us, let us come empty so that we can receive, receive your word, receive your blessing this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Kids can make their way to the classes as they greet their teachers and nursery workers in the back of the room. Why don't you just take a minute and just say hi to somebody. Tell them Jesus loves you. Tell them you're thankful for where God's brought you from. You might not be where you need to be, but thank God you ain't where you used to be. Amen? Amen. Sometimes I look at where, I, where I'm at and I'm like, you know, I thought I'd be farther along, but then I think about where I came from. I think of where God's brought me from, you know, and that's what 
That's what makes me come to the front and lift my hands in praise because I'm just so thankful because I don't know where my life would be without Jesus. I, I don't have any idea where I, you know, where my life would be without Jesus. I was, you know, I was on the wrong track. I, I was on, I was in the fast lane on the wrong side of the road, amen? But I had some people in my life that knew how to pray. God saved my life, pulled me out of stuff. He was, he was busy saving me from my own self, even when I didn't know him. So I'm glad that you guys are here, and if you're here today, that means that God's not done with you yet. There's some new chapters that are about to be turned in your life. And, you know, I'm believing God that the greatest chapters of my life are ahead. And I hope you believe that as well. Ushers, if you want to make your way forward, we're going to take offering today. I'm going to give you the opportunity to invest in the kingdom. The Bible says when you put the kingdom of God first, then everything you need will be supplied to you. Investment in the kingdom gives you returns here on earth but also eternally so i just have you just take a minute and just pray about what the lord would have you give if you want to give electronically there's ways to do that uh, you can text to give you can also scan the qr code on your bulletin if you didn't grab a bulletin when you came in you should that's going to have the announcements everything that that trey announced uh right in the beginning of service so you can take that home and then you know you won't have to ask you know hey well when's this happening when that happens you have a bulletin so you can read it it'll help you so i'm going to go ahead and i'm going to pray uh for our offering lord i just thank you that you are good and your mercy endures forever thank you for your provision in our life lord i thank you lord that we are blessed to be a blessing lord so i just pray right now lord that each and every person who gives lord whether uh, that would be here and now or, or electronically lord i pray that you would just bless and multiply their seed lord and that we would have everything that we need to fulfill the vision you have for us in abundance in jesus name amen amen let the guys kind of go around this is about the third week the third week so far that I've been teaching on kingdom faith. Faith is important because it's your application of faith on God's promises that will elevate your life from natural to supernatural. And so we've been talking about who the Bible calls the father of our faith, a guy by the name of Abraham. And Throughout the Old as well as the New Testament, Abraham is, is given an example of a man who walks by faith and what God can do um, in their life. A man who saw the promises of God, who believed in, in what a lot of people would think were, was impossible, but he saw that that happened. And, and was he a perfect man? No, he definitely wasn't a perfect man. And, and you know, the Bible goes out of its way to talking about his life to show that that he was an imperfect person but uh, if you're anything like me you're happy about that because you understand that you can make some missteps in your life but as long as you get the big things right 
God can still do very powerful things in you and through you. Amen? So um, I'm not going to do a whole lot of, of review because I feel like I have a lot that I want to I cover today. Um, but we, we talked a little bit how Abraham got called out and how when we first uh, give our life to, to Christ, that God calls us out of our old life and into something new. And we might not know what exactly that looks like, but we can have faith, and it starts with having faith that God's plans are better than our plans. That God has a plan for our life that's probably better than anything that we can think of. And uh, last week we talked about how sometimes when you're entering into a, a, a new life, entering into the callings of God, you know, sometimes there's opposition um, that, that, that will come up. There's problems that will happen along the way, but, but, but God will put a blessing on your life that will overcome any problems that come your way. And today we're going to get a little bit more specific about that blessing, and I'm going to talk about faith for financial increase. That's what we're going to talk about today. So if you have your Bibles with you, let's go to Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3 is where we're going to start. This is just going to be our jumping off point. And the reason why I want to talk about faith for financial increase is that, you know, God's going to call you to do something that's even greater than yourself. And, you know, that's going to take finances that are going to be greater than, than you could ever do. Like having this church, you know, having, you know, $2 million worth of property, you know, here on the, you know, that's more than, than, than I could do in my own strength. You know, how long would it take me to save up $2 million to buy an entire city block? It would take a while, right? But God has a way of bringing increase in your life so that you can expand the kingdom. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8 is where I'm going to begin at. Will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. I'm just going to pray for this message. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. And we thank you that you are our Savior, that you are our healer, that you are the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and you are the soon-coming King. And we also thank you that you are a good Father. And we thank you that you are a great provider, Lord. So I just pray that you would anoint me to preach and teach, Lord, and I just break that the uh, spirit of poverty off of this town, off of this community, and off of these people in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. And I thank you that today there's some things that are going to change in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So Malachi is kind of an interesting book. It's the last book of the Old Testament. It's the last prophetic revelation that would be given to Israel for nearly 400 years. After this, the next prophetic voice that they would hear would be that of 
John the Baptist. And as you read through the, the book of Malachi, you can sense that um, God is not happy with his people. He's not happy with the priesthood, even to the point where in one place, God actually says that he's going to wipe poop right on their face. I bet you didn't know that was in the Bible. <laughs> See, now you're going to be digging in your, man, I want to I read in that part, man, where they're smearing poop in people's faces, man. That's, that, that's, that's the part. I, but it says that. I mean, it says it. It says it right there. You can just flip back a chapter and you can read it. I haven't figured out a way to really fit it in a message yet. But we'll get there. We'll get there. The God that smears poop on your face. Turn into about a four-part series. Amen. But if we go to Malachi chapter 3, right, God levels quite an accusation at his people. The accusation is that the people had been robbing him. Now, obviously, you know, you can't climb up into heaven and kind of get into heaven and get into God's throne room and, you know, steal some stuff, you know, chip a part of the streets of gold off and put it in your pocket and, you know, and bring it down, right? You, you can't do that. So, so what was he talking about? He's talking about withholding something that, that, that is rightfully his. And in this case, it was the tithe. And so, so because they, they withheld the tithe from God, he says that the whole nation is under a curse uh, before we begin to start about this whole idea of uh, of tithing and 10 percent, like we need to start with the idea that god owns everything that he is the possessor of heaven and earth the bible says the earth is the lord's and the fullness thereof and he's very generous but he always has a portion that is his you can go all throughout the Bible. There's always a portion that is God's. In the Garden of Eden, he puts, he puts Adam and Eve in the garden. He said, you can eat from any tree in the garden, but don't eat from that one. That one's mine. That one's mine. Don't eat from my tree. That's mine. You got everything else, but that one is mine. But when they decided to eat what was God's, then it resulted in a curse. And here, he, he tells them, he says, 90% of everything that you're blessed with is yours. What you do and how you spend it, it's up to you. But that first tenth of your increase is, is mine. And when you bring in what is mine, then I'll open the windows of heaven. I'll pour out a blessing so big that you won't be able to contain it. I'll, I'll rebuke the devourer. In other words, I'll put a hedge of protection around you and your stuff. And, and it says that your, your vine won't fail. In other words, anything that you put your hand to will, will prosper. And, and even that, people will see a blessing on your life to the point where they say that you're blessed. So the tithe is, it's not about God needing your money. God having a portion is all about alignment. It's all about alignment with God. Right? It's about who you honor and who you trust. In the garden, he puts Adam and Eve there, and he gives them dominion over the entire earth. 
He said, I'm giving you dominion over the entire earth, every living thing, every creeping thing in the earth. Just don't eat from mine. And, and, and Adam having that choice and, and not touching God's portion was a symbol that, that, that he was under the authority of God. God gave him authority under the, over the earth, but he was still to be under God's authority. And Adam had that choice whether he still wanted to be under God's authority. It was about honor. It was about who he trusted. And so when we, when we tithe, when we, when we give our 10% to the Lord, it's about us acknowledging God as the source of our blessing. We put our faith into action when we give God what is his and when i decide to withhold the tithe from what is god's then i move from a place that says that god is my source to a place that says i'm my source i'm my own source and it also says something about the lord it says it says okay well if i if i if i step out in faith and i give you this then i don't know that you're going to take care of me i don't know that you're going to provide for for, for, for all of my needs. It's a question of God's character. It's a question of his honor and his, and, and his trust. That's why Jesus said that wherever you put your treasure is, that's where your heart is. So it's about trust. It's not about money. It's about your heart. Where, where, where is your heart? And God even says, test me on this. See if you can trust me. And I want to ask you, what do you trust in? Do you trust in the Lord or do you trust in the world system? You have, to, you have to make a decision. And I'm aware that some people don't like when I talk about money. In the, in the church, there's two things that make people uncomfortable when the pastor talks about it. One is sex and one is money. Makes people uncomfortable. Right? Two things that, that, that everybody wants but we're supposed to pretend like we don't. Amen getting quiet in here see I told you and, and listen I, I hesitated to to talk freely and openly about uh, money you know in my in, in my in my early years of a pastor because I didn't want people to think that I wanted their money I just wanted them to to come to church I didn't care about you know uh, their money but I realized when I fail to talk about the biblical principles that the Bible gives us, then I fail to give people the keys that they need for breaking cycles of poverty in their life. Amen? So, so the tithe, it, it has a really a twofold purpose. It says that it opens up the windows of heaven. The Bible says that we've been given every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. But I'm on earth. So I need the spiritual blessing in heavenly places to be released here on earth. The tithe opens up the windows of heaven. It's, it's a way for God to bless you. It's a pathway of blessing, and it's also God's way of financing the ministry. And if the devil can shut down the tithe by intimidating ministers from talking about it, then he can, number one, keep people in poverty, and number two, stop the work of God. Last month, I was, I was down in Orange Beach, Alabama with Children's Rescue Initiative. And I, I spent a week down there with um, Bruce Latibue and his whole team down there. And 
they were talking and they were saying, you know, like, we, we have access to any country in the world. And we have people on the ground. And we have operators that are willing to go into those countries. And, and we know where, where these slaves are at. And we know that we can get these, these little kids out of, out of slavery. Literally, kids in Ghana that are drowning every day. They estimate 10 kids drown every day because these people are getting these kids from these orphanages and, and making them swim down in the bottom of a river to tie fishing nets and untie fishing nets. And a lot of them drown. They're malnourished, they're, they're, they're you know, they, they've been abandoned, and they're slaves, and, and, and these guys can actually go in there and rescue them, but the problem is, is once you rescue them, they need to support them. So if you rescue 100 people from child slavery, that's $4,000 a month that you need to pay to support them until they turn 18. What a shame that, that, that a human being would have to be stuck in child slavery because there's not enough money I won't stop talking about money because I'm about advancing the, the kingdom of God I'm about moving the kingdom of God forward I'm about reaching the lost I'm about helping people and and to help people that can't help themselves requires money it requires finances and I want I want all of us to to reach a place in life where where they see themselves as God's vessels that have been sent to meet the needs in a world around them I want you guys to say this out loud say I don't have needs I meet needs be the type of person that that isn't just looking for a blessing but be the type of person that is actively seeking to be a blessing God told Abraham, he said, and, and the Bible says that we're cut from the same rock. I read the scripture two weeks in a row. It says that I will bless you and you will be a blessing to all nations. So when God says, test me on this, and he says, if you bring the tithes of my storehouse, I'll open up the windows of heaven. I'll pour out a blessing so big that you won't be able to contain it. What he's saying is I want to bless you so that you can be a blessing to the world. That's what that is. Say this, say, I am blessed. I am a blessing. God wants to make you into a blessing for the world around you. And what happens is the tithe that puts you in a financial covenant with God, it elevates you out of the world system into the heavenly system. That way I'm not worried about who's in the White House. I'm not worried about inflation. I'm not worried about the currency because I know that God's my source and I'm not stuck in this world system. The world system doesn't have anything to do whether I prosper and do the work of God. What has it if am I under the blessing of God? And if God can bless me, then no one can curse me. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, talk about the tithe, man, that's under the law, man. We're not under the law anymore. Well, actually, the truth is the tithe happened way before the law was ever instituted. And the reason why I'm talking about the tithe is because we've been going chronologically through Abraham's life. And the first time we ever see the tithe mentioned is with Abraham. So uh, let's flip to backwards to Genesis chapter 14. Genesis chapter 14, we're going to get back to Abraham. 
And, and Abraham, before there was a Jewish people to have a temple, to have a law, to have a mosaic system, to have the Ten Commandments, to have any of that, right? It started with Abraham. Abraham was before the law. And, and as you turn there, I, I just for the sake of time, I want to lay out a little background because we're going to pick it up in verse 18. But I want to lay a little background just to, just to catch us up. We, we talked a little bit last week about how sometimes family can be a problem. Not my family, but maybe your family, okay? And I told you that, you know, not to raise your hand. Yeah, I know exactly what you said, and they're sitting right next to you. No, don't do that, right? But sometimes family can be an issue, and, and God told Abram, again, we said that he wasn't always following everything perfectly you know get away from your family but he brings his nephew lot with them and you know they kind of get in and they start arguing and abram says okay well no need for us to argue you go whatever way you want to go i'll go whatever way that you don't go and and abraham knew that the blessing of the lord was on his life so it didn't matter where he went he knew he was going to be blessed so he sends lot and lot decides to camp out in a city by the name of Sodom. You might have heard of it. Sodom and Gomorrah, right? That, that Sodom was one city, Gomorrah was another. He camped out in Sodom, and so that's where Lot and his family are living and all his people, and what happens is this big war breaks out. There's a bunch of kings of, the, of these small little kind of tribal nations, and they get together and they have, a, they have a battle, and what happens is Sodom ends up being conquered, and these enemy uh the, these enemy kings they they take not only all the supplies of the town but even all the people they take all the people into captivity and so somebody tells abraham so abraham gets with 300 armed men and he ends up going to battle at, with these kings and and he he wins the battle he brings his nephew home he sets the people free and he recovers all of their stuff. So as he returns from battle, he kind of meets this interesting character. And that's where we're going to pick it up in verse 18. A guy by the name of Melchizedek. Melchizedek. So verse 18. It says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the God Most High. Now, who the heck is Melchizedek? He's, he doesn't, he just kind of comes out of nowhere. And, and it's a hotly debated issue exactly who this guy is because we don't have a ton of information about him. It says that, that he is the king of Salem. That could literally be translated king of peace. But, but Salem is also short for Jerusalem. The king of Salem. Jerusalem is referred to in other parts of the Bible as Salem, so he was, in a sense, the earliest recorded king of Jerusalem. But he wasn't just a king, he was also a priest. And he also brings out bread and wine, right? It, which is what would be a covenant meal, which we would even think of when we think about the Lord's Supper, the bread and the wine, the body and the blood. And he comes out, so he's not just a king but he's a king and he's a priest 
And so a lot of people actually believe that, that, that this mis mysterious man was, was a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus, appearing to Abraham. Right? Jesus is the king of kings. He's the, the prince of peace. And he is also our great high priest. And one day he will rule from David's throne in Jerusalem. And, and we can't be 100% sure if it was actually Jesus or just a type and shadow of Jesus. But we know that Abraham had reverence for him. Let's, let's continue on. Verse 19. This is Melchizedek speaking he says he blessed him and he said blessed be abraham of the god most high possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be god most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand and the speaking of abraham he gave him a tithe at all so again we talked about this is before the law of moses this is the first mention of the tithe before the temple right abram had this great victory um, over these kings and he decided to give a tenth of everything he had to God and he couldn't give it directly to God but he gave it to God's representative and he received the blessing from the priest of the most high God in return verse 21 the king of Sodom said to Abram give me the persons and take the goods for yourself but Abram said to the king of Sodom I've raised my hand to the Lord God most high the possessor of heaven and earth that I will take nothing from a thread to a sandal strap and I will not take anything that is yours lest you should say I've made Abram rich except only what young men have eaten and the portion of the men who went with me Aner, Eshkel and Mamre let them take their portion see Abram refused to take anything from the king of Sodom because he acknowledged that the king of Sodom wasn't going to be his source to go around and say, well, that's the reason Abram's rich is because I gave him everything. No, he decided that his source was going to be God. The king of Sodom, in a sense, represents the world system. And if you take money from the government for anything, you better beware of the strings that are attached to that. I don't want anything from the government. I just want the government to stay out of my way. I refuse to take any money from the government that would stop me from talking about Jesus. When we first opened up our men's home, man, I mean, we needed money bad. I, I, we had no money, and, and we opened up the building. We did everything that we could. We were really struggling, and, and I ended up meeting this one guy, and, and he was having, uh, he was doing a lot of work in the recovery community, and, and um, you know, helping get people free and he said man i'd really like to partner with you on this man we can i can get some grants for you from the staunton clinic and and you know and and our program was it was a full immersion program you know with jesus beans and rice and jesus christ right that's how that's how you're gonna get that's how you were gonna get free from drugs you give your whole life to jesus pray read the bible learn the biblical principles get set free that's what we were all about and he came in and he kept kind of picking apart different aspects of the program. Well, I don't know about this and I don't know about this. And yeah, this is a little bit kind of too far out there. And he's like, well, you know, we get $50,000. And I'm like, all right, man, that's going to be great. We get $50,000. And he said, you know what? I, I talked to the people over there. You got to remove this 
this requirement that, that people go to church. I said, you know what, how about you keep your money? Right? Because I don't need the money. I'm not going to. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I don't know how. Right? Right now my bank account says negative $250. I got to go make $250 just to be broke at that time. I mean, I don't know if you guys ever been there where you try to take money out to ATM and it says you're negative. I'm like, dang, I got to make some money just to get to zero. That's not a good feeling. And then somebody's dangling $50,000 in your face. I, I don't want your money. I don't want your money. If God can't get it for me, I don't want it. I don't want it. A lot of people, you know, over the years talk, well, what about this grant? What about that grant? What about this grant? What about that? What about Jesus? What about God is my provider? God is my source. He's my strength. I'm not going to take a bunch of money so you can tell me, well, you know, you got, just got to turn it down. You can't really pray in Jesus' name. And, and I don't know if you really want to make prayer a requirement, blah, blah, blah. No. I have one source. I have one master. His name is Jesus. And that's the way that Abram looked at it. And that's the way that I'm going to look at it. One more passage of scripture, and then we're going to get ready to land the plane. Hebrews chapter 7 verses 1 through 8, just want to flip to the, to the New Testament because there's a little commentary on the verses that we read. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1, 8. Be a good name for a Christian coffee shop, Hebrews. Don't try to steal that. If you do, just make sure you tithe on it. Hebrews 7, 1 through 8. For this Mechizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed them, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated king of righteousness, then also king of Salem, meaning king of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remained a priest continually so again speaking about this guy Mechizedek who, who 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 pops up he's he, he's it says that his priesthood is an eternal priesthood that, that it's an unchanging priesthood verse 4 now consider how great this man was to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils and indeed those who are of the sons of Levi who received the priesthood have a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is, from their brethren, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. But he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. Now, beyond all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better. So we, we get that, right? The lesser is blessed by the better. Like, if someone, if someone blessed me, with a new Mercedes, right? I mean, that's great, but the guy who actually has the Mercedes dealership that could give it to me, like he's more blessed than I am, right? The, 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 the greater or, or the lesser is blessed by, by the greater. So one more verse, and, and I'm going to get ready to land the plane. It says, here 
mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom is witness that he lives. So what it says is, here mortal men receive tithes, but there, in other words, in heaven. So here mortal men receive tithes, but there he, meaning Jesus, receives the tithes of whom it's witnesses that he lives. So, so when you give here, mortal men receive your tithe. Ushers come up, grab it, they receive it, it gets counted, it gets put in the bank. But in heaven, God receives it. So you're not necessarily giving to the church, you're actually giving to God. And what it's saying through all of this is that Abraham is a type of the body of Christ. We are the seed of Abraham. And Melchizedek is a type of Christ in the sense that he received the tithes and he pronounced a blessing. So when we, when we tithe and give offerings, it's, it's not from the law but it's because we were the seed of Abraham and we do the works of Abraham so that God would bless us and increase us and build us into a mighty nation and Abraham didn't see himself under any system and he didn't see himself uh, under any world power but he sees himself as part of God's system and an ambassador of the kingdom of God and above any world power as representatives of the kingdom of God, we are ambassadors of a whole nother country, a whole nother dimension called the kingdom of God here on the earth. You look at some people, I mean, you know, you look at a guy like Billy Graham. Billy Graham was laid out in, in the Capitol Rotunda. He never got voted into any office. He was never voted into any office. But dignitaries, presidents, People came from all over the world to honor him. Why? Because he was an ambassador of the kingdom of God. He wasn't underneath anybody. As a matter of fact, he was above all powers and all principalities. Amen? As part of the body of Christ. So what do we do with all this? Okay? It, if you go back to Malachi, it just says, test, test me on this. God says, test me on this. Try me on this. See if I don't pour out a blessing. If you don't believe me, just, ju just try it. I I've done my best to spell out what the Bible says about the tithe. And it's up to you to take the challenge of God. To take the tithe challenge. A lot of you might have heard of the tithe challenge, right? Can you get that stain out of your shirt by the tithe challenge? Well, this is the tithe challenge. That, that, that I'm going to make sure that every, out of every dollar that comes my way, I'm going to set apart a dime to give to the Lord. And I'm going to hold him to his word by faith, and I'm going to believe that financial blessings in my life will increase. To believe that God can take me further with 90% than the 100% that I want to keep. To see and test God to see if he won't bless and he won't increase you. And I don't know about you, but I'm believing that what I tithe today will one day be my tithe. I'm believing that, that if, 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 okay, in one year if I give $5,000 because I made $50,000, I believe that in a couple years that I'll actually be able to give the $50,000. I'm believing for that kind of increase. And I wish that there's some people that would have faith 
in the word of God and begin to believe God for the increase today because there's people that they have faith that God will raise the dead but they don't have faith that God can pay their bills and all you got to do is shift that faith from believing in God that he can save anybody that he can heal the sick that he can make blind eyes of and you would let that faith go in the area of my finances and you believe, begin to believe God for the increase and do it his way and you'll begin to see supernatural increase in your life and this is really this is really training to depend on the Lord because the Bible says that there's a day coming at the very end called the end times where there's going to be a one world system and there's going to be an antichrist and he's going to make war with the saints through the financial system that in, in order to be able to participate in a financial system that you're going to have to take a mark either on your hand or your forehead we call it the mark of the beast you will not be able to buy sell or trade without the mark and so we're going to have to make a decision at that time whether I am going to trust in the Lord to depend on me or to, to, to provide for me or I'm going to compromise and I'm going to go with the world system. Well, you know what, man, I mean, I got kids at home. I got to take the mark. Because you never trained yourself to depend on God and you never seen the faithfulness of God. That, if I, that, that it doesn't seem to make sense to the natural mind that if I give more, I'm going to have more. But that's exactly what the Word of God teaches. And if you can't trust them with 10% now, how are you going to trust them on that day when you can't even participate in the world system? Because the Bible says that if you take that mark, you will not get into heaven. That your eternity, that you will be eternally damned because you took the mark of the beast because you compromised because you did not know that God could be your source and no matter what happens in the world you know God fed Elijah by bringing a raven bringing him food he rained manna down from heaven God can God can provide for every one of your needs through a supernatural way but it starts today it starts today if I can't do it now how am I going to do it then I don't know how close the end times are but could you imagine back in the days when the Bible was written them looking at this and be like well how could there be a one-world government how could there be a one-world system how could there be a cashless society you go some places you know go go to a Steeler game can't pay cash for anything nothing worse than going to a Steeler game with a pocket full of cash and no money in your credit card Guess you ain't eating because it's cashless restaurants are cashless they want to work us all into a cashless system it's 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 being played out in front of our eyes but we got we got some time we got some time to build the kingdom of God we got time to see the next move of God happen in this generation we got the time to see God move until that window closed. I don't know what it is, but I know the vision for this place is, is to develop alternate systems so we're not dependent on the world. Not to just have a church, but 
but to have a means where, you know, to have a big community garden, to be able to can, to be able to put food away, to have food, to have water storage, to be able to generate our own power, to be able to protect our own people, to have our own educational and financial systems, to take dominion and be a great nation. Do you have faith for financial increase today? To believe that every dream that God has given you and I should be fulfilled in our generation. That there would be none needy among us just like the early church. It says in the early church that there was none with any need among them. And that's the days that we're going to as a church. Amen? If I could get every head bowed and every eye closed, worship team, if you want to make your way forward. I know we've talked a lot about money today but i want to talk about something that's more important than money and that's your soul what is your soul worth in heaven your soul's worth was paid for it jesus looked at you and he died in your place for your sins says while we were still sinners Christ died for us while you were still a sinner Christ died for you he paid the price it's called the great exchange he takes our sinfulness we take his righteousness he takes our sickness we take his healing he takes our anxiety we take his peace God so loved the world that he gave, God's a giver, but he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. To walk in the blessings of God, it starts with giving your life to the Lord. Saying, I, I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to live, I don't want to live for the world system. I've, I've tasted what the world has to offer. And I want to follow the Lord. If that's you today, you've never given your life to Jesus. I just want you to stick a hand up and say, today is my day of salvation. If there's anybody here who's never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, if there's anybody here, I just want to give you that opportunity. Maybe we're all Christians in here. Maybe we're all saved, and that's okay. But I want to give you that opportunity. Amen. Amen. You guys can all stand to your feet. We're going to go out here in a spirit of worship. But there are people out in this world, they need Jesus. They need help. Right? This world is kind of getting a little bit shaky but we serve a kingdom that cannot be shaken and today when we go outside that that outside that's the mission field when you go to a restaurant if you go to lunch after church that's the mission field you go to the mall that's the mission field there's people they're lost they're struggling they don't know where to go and you got the answer to that you got the answer to that so happy that you guys came out this morning you're in an amazing season of this church the greatest days are yet to come amen amen, amen.
Well, let's go ahead and let's just, let's worship together. And if, if you're here today and you need prayer for whatever reason, you can feel free to step up, step up to the front. But if you just want to praise him and worship him, I'm just going to ask the Lord just as we worship, I'm just going to ask the Lord just to give us a new and fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Just to fill us fresh. The Bible talks about that, you know, in Acts chapter 2, that, you know, there was a sound from heaven, mighty rushing wind, and they began speaking in tongues. They got filled with the Holy Ghost. But then it says that in Acts chapter 4, that once again they were filled with the Holy Ghost. So sometimes we need a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost because the trials of life make us start to leak a little bit. And we kind of leak out. And we get to the end of the week and we're like, oh, I just feel so drained. Guess what? We're going to ask for God to fill us anew. So if we could just stick our hands up in the heavenly realm, if you want the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. And I just ask that you would just fill us, fill the room with your presence, Lord, and ask that you would fill each and every person with your with your power, with your presence, with your peace, with your joy, with your touch. Fill them to overflow in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I've tried so hard to see it. Thank you. Took me so long to believe it. Chose one like me to carry your victory. Perfections could never unnet. You give what we don't deserve. You take the broken deep and raise the
to overflow Spirit of Spirit of the living God Come fall afresh on me Come wake me from my sleep Blow through the cavern of my soul pour in me Provider, you are my provider. 
Fear of 
never stop working. Never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't, Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop, you never stop working. Never stop, you never stop working.